This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 177, I think. Hopefully that's right. My $3.3 million mistake by Derek Sivers of Sivers.org. And I'm Justin Mollick. Um, if you're new here, don't listen to this first. I'd recommend going back a few episodes or uh, start from the beginning. I always appreciate that when people start from the beginning and binge listen. It's very flattering and awesome. This is a really strange one. I'm in bed recording, which is not my usual spot, obviously. I just, I'm emotionally spent. This whole week has just been terrible. And I will talk about it briefly. I don't want to bring this whole thing down, but I think it's going to be a little therapeutic for me. And you should probably know what's going on and why this episode's so weird. On Monday, Memorial Day, my cat went missing. She's been able to go outside to the backyard, and that's already bad, I know. Um, if you're a cat lover from an adoption place or from PETA or something like that, you're well aware of the risks and how bad it is to let a cat have outdoor access just because of all the threats and you know diseases and all that stuff. Unfortunately, I've, since I've had her, she's had a little bit of outdoor access with dogs. Having a dog door, there's dogs always been living with me too. And it's been tough to just uh, keep them completely separated without locking her in a tiny room. And it's just, uh, anyway, I'm not going to make more excuses about this, but she got out on Monday and it looks like she jumped the back fence and uh, ended up on the street. We did everything a normal cat lover would do, which is put up the signs and, you know, posters, hand out flyers, talk to neighbors, go in neighbors' backyards, the whole thing. That's been going on for the last six or so days. We even looked in getting a bloodhound, hiring a woman who has a bloodhound that's uh, professionally trained to track scents. She was going to come over and get the scent of the cat, have the bloodhound go around the neighborhood and try to pinpoint a general location or if the cat, something had happened to the cat they can usually find it but uh it all came crashing down today uh, a woman found a cat that matched <clears throat> the description and it was on her lawn um so she quickly called us and we went over as fast as we could waited for you know a couple hours for the animal control to come and id her and it was, it was my cat, and she, looks like it was a coyote that got her. So, why am I recording this episode? I don't know. I could have skipped one, skipped a couple of days, and probably no one would have noticed, or, you know, the few hardcore listeners out there would have been understanding. But it's uh, been really important to me for to keep this streak going, and I know this is a terrible episode, and um, one of the hardest I've ever had to do. Actually, the... I don't say why one of the hardest, it is the hardest. It's been only six months of doing this every day, and this is by far the worst shape I've been in, even with like hardcore colds and all that stuff. But uh, luckily I have Derek Sivers who's going to read to you, because obviously I cannot read in this current state. So I have Derek Sivers reading uh, about his $3.3 million mistake, which um, I relate to in the moment. I see this as a gigantic mistake. And, uh, you know, I'm just going back over my head, like all the things I could have done. I relate to this and I'm going to let Derek take it away. And I don't know if I will end the episode or I'll just end abruptly with his reading. Kind of depends how it goes. So here's Derek Sivers with his $3.3 million mistake. My $3.3 million mistake. Ever since I was a teenager, my dad would occasionally send me things to sign, things for the family business. I didn't understand the complexities of it, and I didn't need to, so I would just sign without question. Four years before I started CD Baby, as I was recording my first album, 
I needed to borrow $20,000 to buy studio equipment. My dad said, instead of my lending you money, start a corporation. Then the family business can buy shares in your corporation. So I did. Because my band was called Hit Me, I called the company Hit Media Inc. My dad's company bought some shares, and that helped me finish my album, and I continued to run my recording studio at a profit. Four years later, I was living in Woodstock, New York, and started this little hobby called CD Baby. The first time I got a check addressed to CD Baby, I brought it down to the bank and told the bank teller, I need to set this up as a new business, so let's open a new business account. She said, oh, you don't need to do that. You can just make it an alias on your Hit Media account. At the time, Hit Media was a recording studio and booking agency. It seemed a little strange since CD Baby was definitely a new business, but it saved 10 minutes and $100, so I said okay. Four years later, CD Baby was doing really well. A few million dollars in sales, half a million dollars in net profits. I paid my dad back the $20,000 I had borrowed. I called up my accountant in January. Okay, I got all the Quicken Books balanced. Should we file early this year? He said, Oh, you don't need to file. CD Baby's just a line item on your dad's company's tax return. I said, Uh, what? You didn't know that your dad's company owns 90% of CD Baby? Uh, what? You should talk to your dad. Yes, it turns out that when I had borrowed the $20,000 eight years earlier, I didn't realize that I got the $20,000 by selling 90% of Hit Media Inc. to my dad's company. Then, because the bank teller advised me to make CD Baby an alias of Hit Media, that meant my dad's company owned 90% of CD Baby as well. Uh, what a horrible sinking feeling. What I thought was my company all these years was not actually my company. I only owned 10%. I couldn't be mad at my dad. He was doing me a favor back then and thought I knew what I was signing. Nobody thought my little hobby was going to turn into a multi-million dollar business. It was my fault for not reading what I had signed. My fault for letting a bank teller's quick advice make that major decision for my business structure. What made it even worse is that I couldn't just buy the business back for the original $20,000. The IRS wouldn't allow that. The only way was to pay full market value as determined by an outside valuation company. In the end, I had to pay $3.3 million to buy back that 90% of my company. Okay, so that was uh, my $3.3 million mistake by Derek Sivers of Sivers.org. That post is on his site, but it's a little different. You can check it out there. Show him some love. Um, I appreciate him giving me this recording so that I can not have to read today. I, I don't really have anything else to say about this. It's really a bad episode. I'm really sorry for that. If you want to support the show, just look at the previous episodes. I can't pitch myself right now or do any of that advertising kind of stuff. So I think I'm just going to end it at that. And I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of days. I might go back to reading. It just, you know, I got to see how the night goes and all that stuff. So hopefully you're having an awesome weekend, a lot better than this. And um, if you have a cat or a dog, uh, give it a hug for me. And if I could do it today, I'm sure I'll be back tomorrow. So take it easy, have a good weekend, and just be safe. Thanks, guys.